value yourself. And that's not to say putting yourself above, you know, above your family or whatever, but, you know, as a part of your family, if you if you don't pay attention to what's going on and take care of yourself, you, you very likely might not be there for your family or or if so, you might not be able to participate at the level of uh, that, that you want to, right? Just value yourself. I, I'd say that's that's the key thing for me at this point that I'm re-emerging, re-emerging theme and then just take the first step. Welcome back to the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This week, uh, we have a really special guest. So Robert Bishop is who's joining us and Robert was and I don't even know if you know this Robert but you were one of the very first guys to sign up for Valley to Peak after it was an actual thing did you know that I did not know that you were I think as a matter of fact I think you might have been number three so <laughs> you didn't know it at the time <laughs> you you were a guinea pig and thankful you know great good for me that it ended up working out great and we'll talk a little bit about your trip but yeah we, I was looking through our emails before the start of the show, we started emailing with each other back in like July of 2018. Wow. Long oh, time shout ago. Out. Yeah. Shout out to the EXO uh, guys. Cause that, that's where I found you. I was, I was listening to those guys and uh, you were on the podcast where they'd mentioned you. And so that, that got me over, over to you, which, which worked out great for me. Yeah. And I, and that's a great place to start. Cause one of the things I was thinking about as we were putting this together was I would just love for you to share that, not necessarily so much how you linked up with me, but just kind of what led you down that direction of listening to the XO podcast, you know, talking about nutrition, you did reach out a little bit about that trip and just how we connected. Yeah. So, you know, um, essentially it started with a, with a failure, man, because I, I got, um, I, I applied with a buddy of mine to, uh, to get a sheep hunt, we drew, we drew a sheep hunt in uh, in Alaska, um, the Dillinger Range, and and you know, I, I like to think I was in pretty decent shape, but as anyone who's who's been on any of those serious mountain hunts will tell you, you, you know, you ne you can never exercise enough. But um, I went into that thinking I had it, you know, pretty much under control just based off some previous life experience, and it was super humbling. Um, you know, I didn't. I wasn't primarily focused on successful harvest, um, even though that's an awesome thing. I was really looking forward to the, just the experience. It was my first time in Alaska, and and uh, my buddy was able to harvest the sheep on the last day. But I just found myself during the climbs, um, you know, just gassed, and that created a level of anxiety that I'd really never experienced before. Even though I'd been in familiar, uh, similar situations, you know, at altitude and this and that, so. You know, just came back from that, like, wow, I'm super humbled. You know, how can I do? But I immediately came back just thinking, I've got to do that again and be successful, not from the harvest and animal perspective, but just not let the mountain beat me. That's truly what I came back with. So um, came across, uh, you know, just doing the gear search. I was searching for better gear, stumbled across the XO guys and listened to their, started listening to their podcast. And yeah, then just kind of luckily stumbled onto you. Yeah, one of the when I was looking through those emails, even and I remember some of our early conversations. One thing that I specifically remember was like, I don't want to say comparison to or anything like that, but just feeling like the guide was having to wait on you a lot because, kind of like you had alluded to, you felt like you still obviously enjoyed the trip, a glutton for punishment. You couldn't wait to get back, but there, you just, you felt like there's gotta be some piece of something that you weren't certain of 
to put you in a better position to keep up with the guide and to enjoy the the trip because you you were wanting to go back versus suffering like you had the first time. No, that that was exactly it. There were there were times where um, at one time and spe- specifically that I'm remembering right now is I'd caught up to the guide and you know as as guides will do they'll you know they'll wait on you or whatever. But he was you know he was glassing and and I got kind of got caught up to him and I was just you know, just so gassed. And, and he's like, all right, look, we're going to, I'm going to, I think we should go over the top of this, uh, this mountain, which we're really in retrospect, wasn't that far. It was probably, uh, you know, not that far, like maybe a thousand meters or something like that. Just, you know, it was kind of right there. I was a little bit over halfway or three, maybe even three fourths of the way up the mount, up the climb. And I just remember looking at it and saying like, Hey, I can, I can get to, uh, that, that place there, the next spot he was looking at. But, I can probably get over the mountain, but I don't know if I can, you know, get back down in terms of, you know, just make the descent. And uh, it was just super humbling. And again, I've never been in that position before. And it, it just the whole, just the whole piece of it. I just really did feel like there, there's something I'm missing. So that was, that was when, uh, when I got, when I got back home and started diving into the gear and doing some uh, reassessing the, the way I was training at my age at the time, I think I was like 48 and um, 49, something like that. And, you know, just really having to reassess a lot of things and, and, you know, realizing how you can't just, well, what I realized that the, you know, my, my second trip was that the success taught me that, you know, you have to train for, you have to train specifically um, for your, your event at your age. And just there's so many other factors that I did not consider and that I took for granted the first time. I think it's worth mentioning for like people that are listening your your background professionally speaking isn't like the average person you're accustomed to doing hard things right so give a little bit of background in terms of what you do professionally just to give context to the to the conversation so i'm in the military i've um, i've been in the military most of well i i got in the military as a as a young adult at 18 and had a break in service um, midway through my career, and um, I'm now f- uh, back full time in the military. And uh, so I'm a, a special forces warrant officer. I've, I've served in the special operations community since uh, 1992. Um, and you know, I mean, we're you know, I've, I've physically been challenged uh, at, at a at a high level, and and I think that's. As we'll talk about later, I think that's one of the things that actually was a you know was kind of my downfall when I when I slid out of uh, you know peak performance. Um, but yeah, so you know, been in uh, been in been in high stress environments and high stress training, high stress operational environments, and and that's why I think on that first hunt I was I was really shocked. I was like, wow, okay, I I have greatly overestimated my ability in this environment, and uh, that's really kind of violated one of our our community's first rules which you know the, that that is that tenant is to uh, know your operational environment and that that just i found myself in a situation on that first hunt where i was physically and mentally uh unprepared ill-prepared yeah so i mean i think that that's i think it's relevant to throw that in there because you certainly aren't like a guy who's new to situations like this yet still face this, which honestly, I think gives context because it thinks it says like, boy, the trip was really challenging. But second to that is it's, it's even, even the guys that are used to environments and situations like this struggled 
and it's possible that I would too. So to prepare better, talk a little bit about how did the second time around go and, and not only like what, what the outcome was that was different, but specifically, what did you do? Like you, you said, okay, I had this, I had this outcome after the first trip. I went home, started researching stuff and learned a couple of really key things to hone in on for the second trip. What are a couple of those that you found to be the most beneficial and what was the outcome of the second trip after doing those? Right. So <clears throat> again, having that fail under my belt and, and knowing about the environment I was going back into or seeking to go back into, uh, the, the very first thing I did quite naturally was just, you know, the physical training part and, uh, searched around and found, uh, you know, found some programs that I thought would, would fit, um, would fit well for, for that environment, you know, mountain training type stuff. And, um, you know, then I reached out, linked up with you and, and started discovering, all right, I could actually, you know, specifically fuel for this event. And that might sound like to some of the folks that like, Hey, this guy ought to know better than that. But, you know, the military doesn't specifically, they, they do now, they're doing a much, much better job at it now. But I came up uh, in an era where you, know, you just, you just ate some food when you could, um, you, you did your job and, you know, it's a joke in our community or, um, kind of a, uh, maybe a little bit of a cliche that we always arrive at our objective, you know, hungry, sleepy, and, and tired because we, you know, didn't prep, didn't eat, didn't, you know, just pushed forward. And so, uh, definitely, uh, upscaled the, the physical preparation and the nutrition. And I began to notice that, um, picking up from what you were educating me on, that I could fuel before the high intensity portions. Um, so I think that was, you know, that was, that was it on the, on the preparation piece, but, uh, and then mentally, you know, just, just kind of knowing what I was going into as far as, um, being, not having to concentrate on, on being exhausted, I guess is, is maybe a way to say it. So kind of how the second attempt was, I took my, uh, I took my son Mason uh, back with me and it's 2018 and uh, we went to, it's, uh, it's a, I may have already said this, but the Dillinger range and we were taken over to a, a portion of that. It's uh, on the Dalzell river, which is uh, a portion of that runs along the Iditarod trail. So just, man, just amazing scenery that, you know, Alaska's, Alaska's known for. Um, I did notice just straight away, I was more confident um, you know, just felt ready. And, uh, I guess an overview of the trip, we did, uh, 70, 77 miles in 10, I'm sorry, 77 miles in six days. It was 110 miles overall. Um, you know, probably at least, uh, 45 pounds, um, carried the whole time. And, and at, at least, uh, one thing I do know is that, um, when we were successful and we harvested a sheep, you know, we had to, we packed them out. I could, I've felt what a hundred pound, you know, ruck or a hundred pound, um, pack feels like before in my younger days. So when we, when I slipped that thing on, it was still, it was still super challenging to, to walk out with it. Um, but you know, definitely, definitely was, uh, was doable. And, and I did notice there was an event that happened, um, after we had uh, taken the Ram and, you know, we were doing the field dressing, stuff like that. My, my son had, we didn't realize it at the time, but he had not been finishing some of his meals and he kind of just crashed. Like he had to literally just lay down on the ground while we were doing the field prep and 
So we kind of divided up some of the pack in his weight, uh, or weight in his pack, sorry. And, um, you know, just, I was super, super kind of super worried about him on the way back. And so he just, he just kind of crashed, you know, we got back to the, uh, back to base camp and he just crashed out for like the next 14 hours. But, uh, yeah, man, it was, I noticed that, um, I know I'm kind of rambling, but I guess the climbs, uh, I stayed right with the, with the guide. I mean, when he stopped, I would stop, but I would, you know, we were never, both of us, we were never more than maybe 20, 25, 30 yards. Just, I mean, we were just right there. I mean, every time there was, there were about three occasions where he glassed sheep and we thought we were going to get to, to, um, you know, take a shot. And so we would have to be ready. And I just remember thinking, man, this is, this is such a drastic improvement from improvement in performance and improvement in the experience. You know, like when the guy says, Hey, all right, let's, let's get ready. And you're actually right there with him. You're not, you're not gassed. You're ready. And you're, and you're thinking about what you're doing versus thinking about how uncomfortable you are. I mean, one of the, I feel like key things that you hit on was the difference in the experience, right? It's not just about, staying up with the guide or all of these other things it's it's the outcome that changes so much and i mean i'll never forget my first backpacking trip in idaho was an absolute disaster <laughs> and <laughs> largely shame on me because i didn't you know i didn't i didn't feel right and from there on out i pretty much swore to just be really vigilant about my nutrition on future trips and it's always been excellent it's always been excellent and and the outcome can change dramatically just based off of a couple of things so yeah you'd you would email me whenever you got back home from that trip and you know told me a little bit about it and i was so just overjoyed for you guys because i knew you had invested the work and there's nothing better than someone investing the work and then seeing the outcome that they wanted so i was i was i was thrilled for you guys yeah. So fast forward a few years, more like four years after looking, <laughs> looking back at my yeah. emails today, you'd reached out, right? So what, and you, you and I hope you don't mind that I, I share this, no. but basically what you had said was, and, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You said, man, I just feel like I've let myself slip into a spot that I don't want to be in over the last couple of years. I've gotten so much information about nutrition. It spans all over the board. Some of it I've been successful, but miserable on some of it. I had no success on what happened over those four years that put you in that spot. Do you feel like? Yeah. So, um, you know, I came off of, uh, basically the, the high tempo, the operational, uh, spot. So, you know, on our culture, there's, you know, you're, you're at the, the teams, you're on the team at the team level, or even at the one echelon above that, you're still really engaged operationally. And there's, there's a, you know, there's a, a real time impact to not, to not being fit. And, uh, you know, everyone's responsible for that. And you, you don't want to be the weak link. And then, you know, kind of like middle management, right. You, you get to a spot where, okay, you're no longer through age injury or just progression, career progression, you, you end up and you're not you know, you're not on that cutting edge, you're, you're supporting those, those folks from a, you know, from a staff position. And so all of those things, you know, the career progression, uh, promotions and whatnot, just moved forward in my job. And, you know, so that was basically the first, um, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, you know, the, 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 it's nice to progress in your career, but when that urgency sort of falls off, right. So you're, you know, um, you know, you're, you're not just, um, immediately, it, it, you know, there's not a danger of not being 
you know, physically fit, I guess is one way to say it. And mm-hmm. you're not letting, you're not immediately letting a teammate down because of your fitness. Um, you know, you should do more, but then, you know, Hey, okay, I'm on the staff, whatever. I just need to be able to, to maintain a standard. So I think that might've been the first, the first spot is not having that, um, immediate peer pressure, you know, keeping up with the guys on, uh, uh on your right and left. And, um, I had a couple injuries, um, blew out my quadricep tendon, which actually caused me to push my second, um, the, the sheep hunt with my son. I had to push it a year because I was, um, had a, a military free fall accident, I blew my quadricep tendon out, had to rehab that. And I, and I did rehab it and, and came back and, um, was actually, that's, we, we executed the, the, uh, successful sheep hunt. And then, you know, came back, just got to working, decided I wanted to uh, pursue a, you know, a higher, a higher education, got my master's and or started working on the master's. And I think just, you know, it just happens. I'm sure it happens to everyone, just in normal life. I'm, I'm, you know, going to school, doing the job, just, you know, just lifing and, um, not focusing on really just yourself, right? You owe it to yourself every day to take care of your, your body and your machine so that you can, you know, just enjoy life. And then also as we get older, it's easier for those things to pile up, right? Harder to recover. So, you know, just life and then COVID hit. Um, you know, I don't mind admitting that, you know, there was, there was a, such the early restrictions, you know, I think some people may like, it seems like there's two classes of folks with regard to how they, how people dealt with COVID and the stress of COVID, right? Half the people went outdoors and, and just focused on fitness and the other, I mean, at least I did anyway. I was like, you know what, this is, it's just depressing, right? So you got, got sucked into that and, um, you know, just kind of downward, downward spiral physically or just not taking, um, taking responsibility again is how I look, look at it. And then I got COVID in the second year and had a pretty, uh, fairly severe, almost hospitalization from, from COVID, um, you know, and, and got, um, got over that. And, um, at that time, just during that process, man, like, I don't know what, 19 months or something like that, put on like 30 pounds. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that was that was it, man. Just you know, nothing spectacular. I mean, definitely had some injuries. Probably it's no different than someone that you know could fall at work, man. Just you know, just life and and just not prioritizing fitness really, or health, not even fitness, just health. Yeah, I was gonna say like as as you were going through those things, that's what it sounded like. Is it's it's just life, <laughs> and honestly, yeah. it's yeah. never um, it's never really any giant single dramatic event that puts people back from where they want to be. Sometimes it's just a series of really small ones that they, and I think that this is the difference. It, it's sometimes it's just a, a, a series of small ones that they don't recuperate from. And then compounding interest puts them before they know it, X number of pounds over where they're comfortable at, however many months or years later, and it's sort of is like, man, how did this happen all of a sudden? Yeah. And in retrospect, you're like, well, I know how it happened, but it just it just seemed to happen so quick and largely because of life, not just some single circumstance. The you know, coming out of that, um, I think that you know the the uh, the fad diet culture. Um, you know, when you're younger, you have a you know a lot of re- a lot of ways to you can 
take that 10 pounds off, right? And then, then you're, then it's 12 pounds you're taking off. And if you just don't, you know, I have a couple of friends that, that have maintained a lifetime of fitness and they're reaping those benefits now because they're, they're one of them or actually both of them are my age and they've, they've, you know, they've had some serious injuries too, but they've both maintained that, you know, um, you know, just making their fitness a priority or just their health a priority. And they're, you know, they're able to reap those benefits now. And, and, and I tried, oh man, I've done keto, I've done fasting, I've done long, you know, long intermittent fasting, you know, the 36 hour fasts, whatever. And those things are, um, you know, they accomplish exactly what they say they'll do. You'll end up dropping 20 or 25 pounds, but it, it does, you know, it's a, I would say that's a symptom, right? It doesn't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you about that because, you know, prior to us connecting, you had, it wasn't like you didn't make an attempt or an effort it, you had, you had multiple times. And in fact, you'd even been successful in some of those and, you know, you can be as candid or as, as nondescript as you want. What, what were some things that you tried that you'd seen success with? And I, I guess really the part that I'm curious about is having had had some previous success on some of these, what felt unsustainable about them? Why not keep pursuing those? Yeah. So, um, the, you know, looking back on our, you know, our relationship and your advisement, you know, cause there's, there was two different times, right? So you, we linked up for that first or that second, um, second hunt. But then after that, I'd reached out and I remember that I was at, um, I was up in North Carolina at a, you know, at a, at a military education, uh, you know, professional education, um, course. And it was like, it was like three months long, 10, 11 weeks, something like that. And, uh, you know, it was, I had just tons of resources available to me that I wouldn't normally have. And so in terms of things working, I got a glimpse of, I think, I think your program might've been transitioning it then too. Cause I think you still were doing some, some meal plans and, I just specifically remember like um, I was ramping up the, the physical fitness um, within the context of having some extra resources available to me. And, you know, you're like, Hey, just try half of a, of a uh, quest bar before you work out. You know, we were going through, you know, kind of that deal, right? Like just, I didn't, I didn't recognize it at the time, but it was, you know, it was performance fueling um, the things that didn't work or didn't work that that worked great and it's like hey man all this stuff's working great why wouldn't you stick to it um just just a simple lack of discipline man um what what i like i said i've tried keto i've tried no carb low carb all that stuff and at the end of the day my personal experience with it is man i just like food and i like lots of different kinds of food and the thing specifically, and I'm not trying to be a keto hater, but man, like if you're on a nutrition plan and you can't eat an apple, like that's maybe we should reassess that, you know? And in terms like keto, just, I mean, it seems simple, but man, it just, it just is so, I felt like every time I turned around, I was about to eat something that I was couldn't, I'm not supposed to eat because you're on keto or I'm not supposed to eat that because it's got this many carbs or whatever. So I think just not being able to sustain it. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but just, just the, the it was just too complex. No, I think it, it answers it great because I mean, there, there's a difference between things that work 
and then things you can sustain. And I mean, and the reality of it is this, from the craziest fad diet on the planet to the the most common, quote unquote, relatively normal, all of them will work because at the end of the day, they all produce a calorie deficit in their own way. But the difference maker is that consistency piece, right? If you can't carry that out over time, eventually it's just going to stop. And if you if you ever revert back to old habits or quote unquote slip or whatever, the weight's going to bounce. And in the mind of the person following that, they failed. And so it, there's just, if, if, if someone is on some sort of fad thing and it is literally the best thing that has ever worked for them, there's no reason to suggest that they shouldn't keep doing it. But often a lot of what you just named, what we find is, is that they can't not for not at least not for long term while you were talking i was curious because i i didn't forget about that first time that we'd worked together uh, but i forgot that you were in north carolina at the time i'm curious what the like in in the in the work culture that you're involved in what is like what is that culture like in terms of nutrition what's the approaches and strategies with the team guys in training facilities in the military what what's the main perception in that that you were facing so um usually i find myself um you know the oldest guy in the room right so regardless of what profession you're in you know you're young once and now you're not right so um you know back when uh you know when i was you know a young a young guy on a team fresh out of my initial initial training you know, we're talking mid nineties and it, you know, I mean, bodybuilding was a thing, but, you know, CrossFit was not right. And that type of that level of fitness, I would say, you know, fitness is different now than it was. Obviously this will sound crazy, but it's different than it was 20 years ago. Like I look back at my generation when I was in my twenties and I was, you know, there was people that were, you know, they were bodybuilders and I'm sure elite athletes back then, but, you know, CrossFit and just cross-functional fitness, um, the way that is now is just, it just wasn't that way back then. Um, you know, and you just go to the chow hall or, you know, go to the dining facility and you ate whatever was in there with no regard. There's still some of that, but <clears throat> I would say you fast forward uh, to now and what I see the guys, you know, the, the, the current generation, they're just, those, those guys are just, they're monsters, man. They're, they're so fit and they're so focused on, proper nutrition and and understanding nutrition and there's just so many more resources available to them there's an at each special operations uh, facility you know they have um, something called a, a four three which is basically just olympic level fitness experts there to train those guys and rehab them and are training the soldiers and rehab them keep them healthy you know keep them keep them on their game um it's just it's just phenomenal it's a world of difference and in terms of the culture i think there's um when i was in that position it was more about just kind of toughing it out you know having the toughness to to move forward without quite honestly without utilizing the resources that we could have used you know yeah and i think that i mean there is like i always feel like the elephant in the room whenever it comes to fitness or nutrition or both of them grouped together is 
there is still is there still is this discomfort that's going to be there right like there is no mm. exercise yeah. plan there is no nutrition plan that doesn't change your life right that, that doesn't that doesn't look different than what you did when you got to a spot that you were unhappy with but using your resources and and making that discomfort as as small as possible is is a key to i feel like being successful right and so you're not going to sign up for anything and not have some level of discomfort in fact that the nature of losing weight causes the body to increase the hunger hormone which in itself is a level of discomfort that's going to be present if you want to be successful right and now it doesn't have to be intense because of the craziness of the approach that a person takes but it's going to be present in some to some degree. So yeah, I, I, uh, I hear what you're saying for sure. So fast forward, we, you'd reached out again, kind of four years later, I was, I loved hearing from you because I've loved every time we've worked together. We started talking through, okay, the, you know, the, the nature of the program has changed, meaning I don't just like give out meal plans anymore because I started to feel almost like a human, a human meal replacement system, meaning like, okay, after you finish your 30 days, come back, I'll give you another 30 days. And that wasn't the goal. The goal was I, I wanted people to know as much as I knew so they could be successful. They could navigate any situation. So we started chatting. We, when we started to set up um, your nutrition plan, what was, what was your initial thought as we started to chat through that and we built that for you? So I think um, my initial I'm going to go back to something you said. Um, I can't remember, you know, at some point in the past, you said there's a, and it, it may have even been on this engagement, but we came across a topic of, you know, surviving versus thriving, right? I mean, you can survive any diet, you know, diet plan, but I wasn't looking for a diet plan. I was looking for a nutrition plan, which, you know, in, in, in layman's terms, I think that's super important, a super important distinction. Um, and, and I will say that's also just to tie off the last subject. That's, that's what, um, you know, guys from my generation were basically surviving in our jobs, um, off, you know, off not a lot more than mental toughness and, and just body weight workouts. Whereas, um, the current generation is, is really thriving, right? Cause they are using those resources. <clears throat> um, when we, when we shifted to, to the current model, um, man, I was, I was pumped because I'm, you know, I'm not just having to select specific foods, which was, you know, the meal plans, I can do the meal plans all day long, but you're not learning anything, right? You're not, you're still just treating the symptoms in a way, right? Um, so yeah, I was excited. Yeah. And I, I mean, that is the whole goal behind it, but I remember, I mean, I was going to say, I remember you having this apprehension, but I really don't. You, you've always been, you've always been great about just simply trusting the process and then going in, right? Like just, just committing to it and then, and then moving forward. Sometimes people start hearing things like, you know, in, in terms of just general nutrition advice, I'm not too worried about what constitutes or makes up your daily intake. I really care more about the numbers that are making up that intake. And for some people, it's so it's so unfathomable that it's that simple 
they're a little mm. shocked and apprehensive to go in on something like that, but you, you didn't have any apprehension. Were you a little surprised that that was the approach as opposed to kind of what you'd been experienced in, in the past? I think I might have. Yeah, I think I might have been. And for me, it's been, um, and of course, I'm, I'm 12 weeks in uh, now. And I'll tell you that, um, you know, had a, a really good, I think, a, a good a good start. I'll let you go through that if you choose to. But, um, yeah, I was excited about it because it just really, that's where I found the freedom. Now, in terms of how that's played out for me, when you start out with X number of calories and you can pretty much do what you want, as long as, you know, you stay with the cal- like you say, calories are king and we want to focus on this amount of protein. Um, that was super easy for me to follow. Um, so, so basically broad guidance and kind of, you know, choose your adventure. But <clears throat> what, what I've through the coursework and what I've learned to date is that, you know, I could have eaten whatever I wanted, you know, to, to, to satisfy the calories and the protein. Right. But then as you go forward, how it's, how it's worked out for me is, okay, this amount of foods or these foods left me, you know, satisfied or unsatisfied. Right. Or I was hungry or I wasn't, or I I didn't uh, perform well in my daily workouts or whatever. And that's just, it's just so valuable to learn those uh, hundreds, or at least at least during this first part, dozens of, of self lessons because you're not gonna you're not gonna really unlearn those, right? So I'm like, you know, fast forward to now, and we're in we're in week twelve, and I think where I'm at based off our last uh, analysis is I'm having to choose. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to choose. Not, I'm not gonna say well smarter, but choose differently on my fats, right? Because that's that's going to be the next step, I think, for me to stay satisfied and maximize my, you know, burn efficient calories. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I think it's a much, much better, it's easier to get a meal plan and rock that meal plan. But for me, this is a much, much better um, overall process. Yeah. And, and, you know, so to, to go back to what you were saying there, while we could fit anything on the face of the planet into a person's program, there is immense value in some of the nutrient-dense, high-fiber, quote-unquote, better-quality foods. So could a guy sit down and eat a pizza to fill his calorie goal? Yes, but it's highly likely that he's going to be hungry at some point during the day. And so the potential for him to be eat beyond his calorie goal is is pretty high. And if you reverse engineer that and all of a sudden you're taking up that same volume in the stomach with foods that are more filling but lower in calories, it's easier to control that hunger. So it becomes this like the whole journey becomes this delicate balance of saying there really is nothing off limits but there is value in focusing on certain foods because it just helps it just helps the it just helps the process because at the end of the day you know yes it sucks you can't eat six slices of pizza and all of these more convenient foods and see progress but the message that also gets lost is that if you wind up at a pizza place with your wife on a date night then you're quote unquote blowing your diet because you you even went into the restaurant. That's also not true. So it right. is it's it's not as you know it just isn't as simple as jumping on a website, figuring out your calorie needs, and then moving on from there. And it's it's not as simple as just being a math game because you know most people 
the weight issue is not because they can't do simple addition or subtraction and figure out how to create a surplus or a deficit. It's everything else. It's social aspects and the availability of food and schedules and all of these other things because you're right. And then it's and then it's navigating that whole process to move you from where you are to where you actually want to be that gets so tricky. But you've done it so well. Um, and and I just wanted to be sure that I tip my hat to you because it, it's not, you know, with when you know your nutrition needs, it's not a matter of if you reach the goal, it's a matter of when. And you've been so consistent and there's zero question in my mind that that's why you've excelled so well. It's got zero to do with anything that I've done and everything to do with the fact that you've just been incredibly consistent focusing on the few things that we focus on every week and you've 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 had the rewards from that. So kudos to you and awesome job. No, I appreciate it. It really is that simple. I mean, it's it's not, you know, pumping you up, but uh, I mean, it, it's been, the process has been just incredibly simple and um yeah, man, it's, 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 you know, and I don't want to paint it up like if there's not days and challenges, you know, we talked about that, I think a couple of weeks ago, cause I had the, this knee thing going on and having to rehab it and, um, you know, make those adjustments, but still, even as you pointed out that it's part of the roller coaster and understanding how to learning how to control the, the yo-yo effect, as you said, and, and Hey, if I get injured, you know, not, you know, there's a way around it, um, so that I don't end up like I did last time. I just, you know, throw the towel and be like, all right, look, when I, when I get this fixed, I'm going to get back on track. And you, you never really have to come off track. You're developing the whole, this, this process um, that, that you've created just allows, you know, the users to, to find a solution that doesn't, you know, throw everything out the window, so to speak. That's the whole, that's the goal. Like the goal is eventually you will be on your own. And if I've given you every bit of knowledge that I've got to be successful with that, you will be. I mean, and if a person chooses not to use that, that information, that's completely fine. But my goal is not that you don't know about it. If you know about it, and what you choose to do with it, it's up to you, but at least you know about it. So again, you've invested the work. So a hundred percent of that success goes to you. What, um, what advice would you have for somebody who's maybe where you are at any point of your journey over the last four years? Um, I, I guess the, the, I would say just value yourself. I mean, that's, that's really something that has kind of, occurred to me over the last few weeks is, and that's not to say putting yourself above, you know, above your family or whatever, but, you know, as a part of your family, if you, if you don't, um, you know, pay attention to what's going on and take care of yourself, you, you very likely might not be there for your family or, or if so, you might not be able to participate at the level of, uh, that, that you want to, right. So, um, just value yourself. I, I'd say that's the, um, that's the key thing for me at this point that I'm sort of it's a reemerging, um, reemerging theme. And then just take the first step, man. If you, you know, just, I think, I think with my background, the, the fitness that I the, the fitness that I've achieved in the past, um, was also a detriment, right? Because I can sit there and think about, man, I used to be able to do this. Okay. Well, you know, Maybe you can't do that anymore because of your age, 
but it, you know, just value yourself and don't put yourself in a situation or allow yourself to get in a situation where you absolutely could do it if you were, you know, lighter for whatever, you know, whatever situation you're in. And, um, you know, there's a, there's, it's really easy to, you know, to, to slide off. And I know somebody will listen to this and they'll, they'll think, man, that, that dude, he's, you know, he slid off and, and, and he got back on track, but it's, it's amazing how far off track you can get. Right. And then, uh, you know, I had a good, a good wake up call, um, last summer because, uh, before I'd ever even contacted you, man, I ended up having a, a heart cath like 48 hours before my son's wedding, you know, and, um, heart cath came back clear. There was no, there was no issues, but you know, the, the cardiologist told me, he goes, Hey, look, you know, this is, this goes one of two ways. You can, you have 20% blockage now, which is probably hereditary, but if you don't, if you don't do something about your, your labs and your, and your condition and start exercising the next time I see you, he said, I've seen patients that come back in a year and it's 80% blockage, you know? So, so yeah, just, just value yourself and uh, take that first step. That's awesome advice. I piggyback just what you were saying. I think the, you know, the ability to be able to say yes to any invitation is pretty, pretty powerful, right? Like there, there's a big difference yeah. between if you get invited on anything that sounds exciting to you, it appeals to you being in the position to just say yes and then figure out the details is just a, it's a different feeling than having to say no because you have to go get in the condition that you need to be in to go do this thing. Right. And so right. sometimes you just miss out on stuff. So yeah, I love that. Just making sure that you care enough about yourself to take care of yourself and, um, and then taking the first step. I think that's awesome advice. So thank you for, for joining us. Thanks for the wisdom, the advice, the information, sharing your story. And, uh, if anybody has questions, maybe I'll leave Robert's email in the, um, in the show notes. And if he says no, then I won't, but, uh, no, yes, no, that's I, fine, man. Yeah, no problem. Perfect. And we'll throw, uh, throw his email, um, in the show notes. And if anyone has any questions, you can read out, reach out to him. Thanks, Robert. All right. Thanks, Al. Talk to you soon. A big thanks to Robert for joining us this week on the podcast and sharing his story and just some of his personal experiences and, and personal journey. Hopefully you guys um, took something from that, that that's helpful in your own. If you have any questions about something you heard today on the podcast or any previous episodes, give us a shout at info at v2pnutrition.com. You can also visit the website for just a ton of different free resources and informations on how to either prepare for or perform optimally in the mountains. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. Both of those are tremendously helpful in the growth of the show and just kind of getting the word out there to, to help other folks do the same things. We'll be back with another episode here in a couple of weeks. Until then, have a great week.